state of play. And I see many of you are already waiting to, to hear the conversation. And as you know, Baumia uh, delivered has uh, his uh, state of Baumia report yesterday. <laughs> um, it was a signal of his official campaign for election 2024. Yeah. And he delivered it. Okay. Once it's been delivered, there is only one thing left is for us to look at it and deliver a verdict on his address. Now, if you track back to what we believe and, in fact, confirm to be the reason for the address, fundamentally, putting out his own policy, right, into the public domain for us to assess. But two, which I think most, is most important, is showing us that he's different from what we've been used to. Okay. Now, if that is the case, did he achieve that? Did he achieve that objective of showing us that he's, he's different? I, we've analyzed this yesterday. Yeah, I mean... He, uh, you've had a few hours to ponder. Yeah, he came in there said. trying to tell us about his own vision, what he intends to do. I think that... So this is the point. Let's, let's look at it from this perspective. Yes, he succeeded in putting out his vision. But did he succeed in achieving what he sought to do in putting out that vision? I'll explain. By putting out your vision, you want people to believe that this is what you stand for and this is what you believe in. And in wanting to be president, you expect people to know and also believe that this is what you stand for. But this is the problem for me. When Baumia started, and prior to this whole engagement, Evans, the commentary before it, you know, the whole talk about, yes, uh, he's now the flag bearer, he's going to break away. I think all of these things, all of those things did not help Baumia's cause. Mm -hmm. Look, they should have waited for him to speak before actually sending a signal. Sometimes you may think that, you know, you are preempting things, so you prepare people for what to expect. But when people were prepared, now, so, so let me give you a typical example. So we knew that Baumia was going to talk about what he had done as uh, vice president. He was going to talk about the state of the economy. He does well by, you know, admitting, uh, he does well by saying, this is what we have done over the period. And even though there's been challenges, we are better than what we inherited. That's good. But then, I think that in moving away, I, I mean, look, I don't have a problem with Bamiya proffering his own vision. Mm -hmm. But in trying to say that my role as chairman of the economic management team is an advisory role, and so... But factually, is it? Well, Evans, President Akufado acknowledges, uh, you know, actually says the hard work that Baumia and his team did is what has led to the economic, I mean, revival. So in other words, if there's an economic revival he takes credit for, he must also take the blame. You must when... take the blame. But, but didn't he do that yesterday? Look. And that, that's a question I asked Gideon. That mm. wh where in this whole speech did he, because you see, in my view, once you say you scrap something, once you say you fix something, and there was a, there were a lot of that, I'll come to the specific shortly. Once you say that, that's an admission that currently it hasn't worked. Exactly. So you want to do it differently. Yeah. Right? That is implied. But I wanted to hear him also admit mistakes made. Good. As a foundation to say, that's what I will do is differently. Good. So this is the point that I was making. So if you have been credited in the past, and not only the president, you've had Yawa Safumafu crediting him for all the good things in the government. Well, you cannot turn around then and say my job 
So now you distinguish between the fiscal and the monetary and how your job... Complementary. I, I don't know whether that's a mediating role or whatever, but your job is complementary. But this is the point. Once you do that, it means that, okay, we can now actually understand those who are in charge. Maybe they are in charge. Maybe they are in charge. But you see, now then you tell us that, listen to this carefully. My office, my office, with the support of my office in collaboration with, mm -hmm. does that mean that you did it? Well, he says his office did it. They just got the blessing of the, of the, oh, the no. president. So my office in collaboration with passport office, my office in collaboration with DVLA, my office. So it is just the same role that you are performing because you are making suggestions. Because at the end but of on, the But on those ones, he's, he is the, he's the leader, the policy leader. See, so me... he sets it within the broad framework of digitalization, right? Yes. So digitalization was my baby or it's my baby, and I am, in essence, prosecuting the government agenda on digitalization. Mm -hmm. Now, here you have all these other state institutions taking inspiration from that broader, mm -hmm. you know, policy focus, and also implementing very specific interventions in their agencies to complement the work. And so he's taking credit for that. Now, your question is, can he take sole credit for it? That's the point I'm trying to make. So you see, the point I'm making is that once you take credit for and I mean, I'm not going to fault you because your office has collaborated with mm -hmm. them. In the same way, your office has collaborated with other ministries. Once you're part of the government, you take it. I mean, you take the blame. But of course, we know that not everything that you say would be adhered to. Not every advice you gave will be taken. Mm -hmm. But do you come out? My point is that because the impression had been given that, oh, so people were actually looking forward to some of these things. And, and I think he confirmed it exactly. largely. But you see, it's interesting, though, because in one breath, there's a confirmation that a lot of the policies being implemented, he may have objected to it, possibly in cabinet, but overruled. A clear one is the E-Levy, right? And E-Levy was absolutely categorical about that he's going to abolish it. If he's going to abolish it for a policy that's still in existence, under his watch as the second in command, it tells you he's not in favor of it. That's fine. But if you look at the speech in this broader context, there's another section where he defends the group, yeah. right? He says, well, I'm a, I'm a proud member of this group, and we gave solid advice. I'm, I'm proud of the work that as yeah. a, we, we, we did. And then he goes ahead to list the group's achievement, yeah. right? And then defends the group. So if you defend the group, and that's the, the group is, is implementing a policy, mm -hmm. a policy that you say you would, you would abolish if you come into power, he's actually suggesting that there are elements in the group who are more powerful than he is, i.e. the president. And in this case, I want to bring that name up, and that's a conversation we need to have. The finance minister. Mm -hmm who obviously have decided to implement this policy that I'm opposed to. I'm opposed to it because fundamentally, I believe in digital inclusion and financial inclusion, and ELEV doesn't support that. We are implementing it, now scrap it. Now, if you, if you look closely, and this is state of play, so let's do this. I believe one of the things that he did, but the person who was left out to dry the most yesterday was Kenneth Riata. Yeah. I mean, that's what the president, he takes all the responsibility. So, uh, see, before we come to the Kenneth Riata problem, just listen to this. Listen to this. This is paragraph 88. Mm -hmm. To increase the number of people with 
tax identification numbers. Mm -hmm. I proposed that we designate the Ghana card number as the tax identification number. What did he do? What did he do? He proposed. 88. 88. Mm -hmm. Paragraph 88. Yeah. He I proposed. proposed. Okay. So he proposed. And he said, in doing this, we increase the percentage of adults with tax identification numbers from 4 to 85%. Mm -hmm. What do you see there? I proposed. Mm -hmm. You advised. Mm -hmm. And it was done. Mm -hmm. You're telling us what you have done. Now, this is the point I'm making. So once you give advice, which has been taken, and you can lay claim to and say, because of this, we have done that. And you're giving other bits of advice. You say, oh, well, and with, I mean, oversight of my, uh, you know, this thing, or, I mean, to, um, uh, and with support from my office. So this advice you're giving, and also sometimes some people are sharing. This is what I think, and going for it, he must do. Look, you say, in fact, with the E-Levy and, uh, you know, VAT, as much as you disagree with it, mm -hmm. With hindsight now, Dr. Balmier's posturing would have been, many of you have had concerns with the E-Levy and all of that. If I am voted into office based on what I am proposing we do, after the first year, by the mid-year review, we need to come back again and with improved revenue, I am sure we... But that's what he says around the 15%. But you see, read, 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 that, read that point again. Read that point again, the 15% yeah. again. But the 15% yes. electricity. Uh, yeah, read that part again. But what I'm suggesting, so you see, I am saying that his vision, he managed to tell us what his vision was. Yeah, so this is the one. It says, the new policies that I am proposing to implement in 2025 will give us a fiscal space to eliminate some taxes, such as the VAT, on electricity, mm -hmm. into bracket, if still on the books. Good. The emissions tax, the betting tax, without compromising our deficit target. Good. So you're saying that what you're proposing mm -hmm. will give you that space. And then that space will help you. Yeah. So the E-Levy is in a different light. <laughs> okay. But what, what he also means is that he supports the E-Levy, the 15% on electricity. Today, it came up in your conversation with Kojo. Yes. I heard him trying to defend it. But I'm saying, what he's saying is that now he acknowledges there's no fiscal space. So we need to impose the 15%. So he agrees now that 15% must be imposed on electricity because there's no fiscal space now. And so he's going to introduce policies that will create a fiscal space mm -hmm. that then will allow him to take off the 15% on Exactly. That's what he's saying. That. And that's what I'm saying that when you go on that tangent, okay, when you go on that tangent, so Instead of actually just starting and making it look like I disagree with all of these things, give the impression that you want to do this, which then would create space. Because you've talked about the fact that about $24 billion of tax revenue is not collected. Mm. Of revenue is not collected. So if we get that, my goodness, do we need to uh, look for, uh, you know, $2 billion e levy? We don't need that. Mm. We only have about 200 billion Ghana cities. So the conversation should have been shaped in a way that doesn't look like you're throwing your boss under the bus. Because today, unfortunately, and I'm doing this because we've had time to, you know, to think about it. Look at, listen, listen you to think you reaction. threw his boss under the bus? I think so. And, and that, for me, is an important point. Remember when we were building up to it? I was saying that post the speech will be the most critical part yeah. of his campaign. Because he, if he really needs to create a distance, 
either he already has the buying of the president to say, I am going to actually go out today and say, I'm going to scrap E-Levy that under your watch and the watch of Kenoforiata you implemented that I was opposed to, that I told you possibly in cabinet, but you didn't listen. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to scrap it. We all knew the minute he uttered those words was to actually tell us in very loud terms that the government had failed with this particular they policy. They got it wrong with that. They got it wrong with that. Yeah. While you are still the number two. Yes. While you are still the chair. So that then creates a tension that if only you, you, and I was trying to pose that question to Gideon yesterday, one of PMS, that did they consult the president at all? Did the president know about this beforehand? And I, but politically, I assume that is, that's going to be the strategy. Where the president is out of the country, by the way, yeah. where the president must buy into what he's going to say. I'm saying, in the bigger interest of the party, it's okay, go out there. Me and my time is done, I'm finished, I'm gone. So, but his legacy is on, on, on the, it's, it's, um, it's at risk here, right? Yeah. The present legacy is at stake in this particular matter. That even your vice president did not like it. That while you were still the president, your vice president is actually telling the whole world that you implemented a major policy that caused a lot of pain to a lot of people yeah. that he disagrees with, that he says he's going to scrap. And he says he's going to scrap it when? 2025. Yeah. I mean, as soon as he gets the opportunity. Exactly. And so you see, this is the you point. Know, and I was listening to that, and your point, to, to your point, if you dropped from mass yesterday, you didn't know Ghana politics. You don't know who Balmia was. Don't know who he is. Don't know the president. Don't know anybody. You just dropped. And you tune into radio, and you hear a voice say, in 2025, I'll abolish E-Levy. And you check, but E-Levy has been implemented. In 2025, I'll create a space and remove Burton tax, 15% on that. You possibly may think, this definitely must be an opposition leader. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, if you didn't know anything about Ghana, you dropped and you listened. Baumia would sound to you like the opposition leader. And there's a part of this that, for me, the way they manage the next few days will be critical. And yesterday, I, again, I asked um, Gideon, I want to come out to the vice president, the, the, the finance minister point, okay, just a second. The vice president was not, was not there. Sorry, the finance I, minister. Yeah, I didn't see him there. No, I asked him. He confirmed. I asked Gideon. He says the finance minister wasn't there. But Minister of State was there. Was Gabi there? I, 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 think, I, saw, I think I saw Gabi. Okay. I think I saw Gabi. I, I think him. I saw Gabi um, wearing a suit and waving the flag. I think. But, yeah, I, I know why you're asking why he was there. But going back to Gideon, confirming, Minister of State was there. I mean, Adam was there. The two deputies at the finance were both there. The president had traveled, so he had you know, a good explanation why. Maybe it was all part of the timing, go, so people will raise questions. I mean, for the president, he didn't have to I mean, be there. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah. but, but at least people may raise questions. But if you are not in the jurisdiction, you know, plausible deniability, you know, I'm gone, I'm not here. The finance minister wasn't there. And he didn't tell me the finance had traveled. So I'm assuming, if he didn't say that, but told me about the president, and the reasonable conclusion is the finance minister is in the country and decided not to go because this was a big event. That all your deputies, all your other workers, including the ministers, they were there, but you didn't go. Then you listen to Barbia say to us, he acknowledges the role of the Bank of Ghana. And he actually says the governor had been treated unfairly. Now, the governor's pressure was towards the end of last year yeah. that the opposition says he should resign. They went on a protest to get him to resign. Barbia defends him, applauds 
the finance, the BOG's work in helping the economies re revival, the road to revival, right? But guess what? I made a point to you yesterday that who else in government with responsibility for the economy had also come under some very severe pressure. Ken not, not even from the opposition, but from his own party. His own party. Ken I mean, so you begin to so why didn't he? And indeed, remember, he, he started by telling us the how the economy is beginning to bounce back and you know improve. Yeah. But all those numbers that he mentions, either you are attributing it to monetary policy or fiscal policy. Or fiscal policy. Right? Monetary policy is a BOG. So then you isolate BOG and say, time's up. I'm defending you. But what about the guy who is leading the, who is leading the, um, the, the, the fiscal policy? Exactly. Because, you see, even when it comes to inflation, there's a role that the fiscal side would play yeah. in the rate of inflation, for instance. Of course, the monetary policy will set you know, policy rates to actually deal with it, but it must be complemented by the fiscal side. So I get where you're coming from. But, you see, this is where I say, having listened and watched the mood of the people over the period, mm. I have of the realization that, yes, the vice president may have achieved his target of setting out his vision, but he now has another problem of a man who is not loyal to his boss. That is assuming his boss, boss didn't know this. Yes. But, and a, but there is another point that suggests to me that possibly this could all be Part of the grand scheme. Part of the grand scheme. And I think that... He says, if, and a bit about the VAT, if it is still, if it's not been abolished by the time. So, and just at that point... There a, a suspension letter went. A suspension letter comes in. What, what sort of a coincidence is that? Yeah. But if that's how they are playing it, then they're playing it smart. Then they're playing it smart. But of course, <laughs> if that's how they're playing it also, the other point now is that while it may appeal to the party persons who say, who then would say, we now know that he was not listened to, the floating voters, and we have a lot of the middle class who do not seem convinced. Mm. And that's what the problem is. I think, I think that, you know, and, and this is the point, you know, you sometimes may roll out, you know, strategies, hoping it works, and they do not work. You have to re-strategize. So we have said, in, I mean, in, in, in the past that, okay, he needs to have his own vision. He needs to show that he's different, which he has done, and I'm not going to fault him about that. We said he had to be careful his to departure. In fact, we are demanding here that he needs to break away at some point. point but we, have and, to, we said he had to be careful. And not also, of course. Yeah, how he breaks away. You don't away want to bend the bridge whilst you're doing exactly. that. Exactly. We said he has to be careful how he breaks away from Akufuado. So it doesn't suggest, as, it doesn't create the impression that it's a man who's not loyal. I think that part, he has to rethink the strategy again. He needs to rethink but, but, the strategy. But, but, but here's the thing, though. What's the end game? The end game... To win elections. Bottom line. So if the people think that if, <clears throat> if some the of the neutrals... The end game... And, and, if you have to throw Ronaldo <laughs> under the bus, if you have to throw Ken Ofriata under the bus but in to, win, but to see, win popular vote and yeah, popular support, that's him, what he but does. But in throwing him under the bus, the people are saying, hey, 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 hold on a minute. You are you, 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 you are grateful. You. You are not being truthful. When you say the people, who are you referring to? People, people in the party? Some people, no, no, not in the party. That, look, I've got, I've got a lot of messages from people. MPP folks or some people, some, regular some, folks? Some that I know are MPP. Some that I know yeah, are Yeah, but MPP. I think I'm not really worried about MPP folks, what they say no, now. No, some that I know are MPP sympathizers. I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm curious so, to know what 
the floating voters so I say some are NPP, some are neutral. Okay. And the words they used. No, but he, but he defended the government, Look, didn't he? But you see, this is the point. This is the point. You defend the government by saying things that we already know that you've said over and over again. So the new things you say is what we focus on. Mm. And the new things you say is now addressing your role as vice president. Mm. Because for some reason, you have been blamed for the mess. But if you're de defending the current record, it means we are not in a mess, in your opinion. Mm. So if we're not in a mess, in your opinion, you don't fall for it. I think that. So that's where the problem that is. That is why for me, I thought there, there should have been a part in this whole speech where he paused to admit yes. that there were shortfalls. That, yes. that, again, the fact that he repeated Ukraine, he repeated COVID, and said it's everybody else's fault, but he didn't once say, well, we could have done things better now, and we do have, there have been some shortcomings. They should have reserved at least a paragraph for that, because you know why? Mm -hmm. People, I, I say this all the time, I don't know why politicians don't, don't get it, that you have to come across as human humans make mistakes yeah and the way to endure yourself when you sit around a controversy is what do i concede i see there's a what what is the first thing i concede because it's so disarming for a guy who has been in charge of doing anything who struggles for whatever it is and makes a mistake to stand before you and say i am sorry i this i made a mistake and then tell you why and how he's going to use that mistake to be, be better right yeah that and there's a lot. I mean, you're a journalist. I am too. Sometimes you have information. You get this guy in front of you that you just want to kill with questions. The first question, the guy says, yeah. He made a mistake. I looked at an interview that um, the British Prime Minister had recently. And he was asked uh, by um, Piers Morgan. Was that a question about targets to you know, reduce the waiting time for NHS? Piers asked the first question. The guy says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we failed there. He, he actually used the word we failed. Yeah. And completely disarms the guy, and the guy has to change his. That is what I believe our politicians haven't learned. Yeah. And I and I, I was I, I, I was waiting to hear him in one paragraph where he admitted that. See, Evans. I mean, it's happened to it happens to all of us. Um, I said North when I said, unless something dramatic happens, right? I mean, the MPP would win this. The NPP lost. When we came on air, I said we said, hey. I got it wrong. Yeah. I mean, I thought, and at the time, people were sending, were forwarding, you know. That yeah, the message, yeah. That, I mean, that particular uh, YouTube video where I said, unless something dramatic Because happens. you see. But I said, oh, look, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. Unless you're an angel yeah. or a saint. You can get, you, you, you can get, get it wrong. wrong, right? And you're seeking to lead us, and everybody knows what the reality is. Yes. The reality now is that life is difficult. The economy is terrible. We are, we are a historical, a, a historic, you know, downturn in terms of the way we are trying to run our first currently. So there must be a part where you acknowledge that, where you take that on. He attempted to do it, but he apportioned the reasons to external factors yeah. and not to... Yes, external factors play the role. You can't, you can't rule it out. The Ukraine factor is a real factor. The COVID factor indeed is true. He quoted the, you know, the IMF you know, boss and etc. Those are facts. Yeah. But definitely, the things that the government could have done better or differently to achieve a different outcome than we saw. Because the guys in our sub-region who are just like us, in terms of our, our economic profile, did not have as bad an outcome as we did. Exactly, and so this is one of the things I thought he could have done, okay? So he could have said, for instance, and he could have actually negotiated with Akufuado, okay? 
negotiate with Akufuado and actually show so the plans that he has. Prior to this whole thing, his plans should have been factored into the budget, for instance. So he could have then said, what is the government doing currently? Because of all the challenges we are faced with, which mm. we admit, is not what we wanted, mm. but because of the external shocks. But hey, we cannot blame everybody apart from ourselves. Yeah. We'll take part yeah. of the blame. We'll take the blame. But this is what we are doing. Differently. Differently. And suggest some of your other things. And so indicate, for instance, that because of the IMF program that we, 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 we are signed on to, we've had to look for additional revenue. And that's why we are doing this. But we are implementing these programs so that I am sure by end of year, we'll be able to you know, uh, abolish these things. Abolish and that. for me, he had some really strong alternatives. Yeah. He, has, he also did lay out where the challenge was. The missing link is what we've been talking about. Where is it? Do, where do you place your own responsibility, the government's role in this mess that the economy currently finds itself? Where, where, where is that? Because, you see, when he was accusing, when he was blaming the NDC, because he brought the NDC up, the NDC faced their own challenges, he talks about the NDC, you yeah. know, creating. But you know that at that time, at that time, the NDC also had some global headwinds. They did. They had issues. Yeah, they had issues at the time, right? Um, it, it, it wasn't as pronounced and as globally impactful as COVID, but it also had issues there, right? So keeping them honest and, and being consistent is also saying, well, this is what happened globally and how it affected us, but we could have done things better. And I thought that was the one key missing link there that would have really sort of helped this case in the eyes of the general public, but also the... the, the and the and, and, and this is a point. I mean, one former finance minister told me so there are three of them who are former, so mm. we could judge who the former is. But one former finance minister told me that. There was a time he went to the president and said, oh, we need to do this. And the president said, oh, no, 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 we cannot do that. So oh, Mr. President, let's do it for two years. So he puts it in and said, for two years, we're going to do this. At least you could then have suggested to us that all these things we're doing, we're going to do them for just this fiscal year, mm -hmm. just so we'll get out of it, and then life would return to normal. In that case, you're admitting and you're proffering solutions which you think your government should do. It is not too late, for instance, for the government to start mm. processes in changing the tax system. Mm. It is not too late, for instance, for the government to start processes of having a, a flat rate. You can work the numbers now. Mm. And these are things that he could have done. It is still not too late for him. Yeah. But the fear is that if he continues like that, based on the kind of reactions <clears throat> he's getting... But, but, but here's the thing, though. I think my verdict on the fundamental question, did he create a clear enough departure from the status quo. I think he delivered that. And that's why we're having this conversation. Maybe yeah. he did, he went a bit too far. But again, that again depends on the sort of negotiations that has happened with these individuals and, and the group who may be affected by his attempt to depart, right? But I think he delivered that. I mean, I will scrap that for a policy that's still being implemented. It was quite a strong statement to make when you're still the vice president, is number two, chair of the economic management team. But, but he, he delivered that. Where I believe you could have done a bit more is owning the mistakes. Yeah. Okay, owning the mistakes. He defended the group, but the group made mistakes. And the mistakes that the group made is his responsibility as much as everybody else in that group. And that for me is where um, that must come into the conversation a bit more. Because you see, if you don't do that, 
you are you struggled for to identify with the ordinary guy. Uh, and you see, I mean, let me give you my verdict. I on the bit, on the bit about his vision, and I've always insisted. And you know, um, when I had Kujua Pongkrumah today, I asked him a simple question: You want to lease? Do we know the numbers? Whether which is better? How do you even intend it to go out? Because a lot of the companies who would engage in leases would do so based on a lot of tax reasons and all of that. You know, uh, we'll have that conversation another day when you want to, you know, play around with the tax authorities. But the question is, what is it that you want to do? I like, you know, so when it comes to his vision and the things that he wants to do, the tax system, you know, indigenization of the Ghanaian economy, these are great things. Of course, we're looking for the real meat. And so they say that's going to be in, in the, the manifesto. manifesto. So, we'll, I mean, so broadly, like I stated that, I felt that I feel that 24-hour economy is possible. So let nobody just say, it is impossible. No. But somebody tells you, I'm going to do something. It is possible. But let him give you the fine details. Then you'd analyze the fine details. Bring the numbers, because you're making the promise. Bring the numbers. Let's look at it. If you bring the numbers, I also, based on your numbers, I would also subject it to the same test. And see even if you've had to massage the numbers just to suit your argument. I think that when it comes to what he intends to do, that is clear. Vision clear on what he intends to do, how he goes about it, you know, blaming everybody but himself is for me where the problem is. He needs to accept responsibility. If you're going to take credit, my brother, you take the blame too. Yeah, and, and for me, go, and, and by the way, I've been told that the, the departure points that you are, you are raising, they're actually going to be in the next few days seeing even more. <laughs> about where they depart. Um, and Don says, uh, insults won't work this time. Ghanaians will vote based on concrete solutions and well-thought-out policies. Dr. Bamiya has shared his vision and is perfect. His opponents can share theirs uh, too. And this is Noah. He is not serious, guys. Don't even waste your time discussing what he said. Uh, Atambiguri. Milton says, the both solutions are out now. Uh, DMB all the way. Farouk Abu, uh, see how dramatic Ibans is acting, but Amir has spoken, so what? Uh, it's, it's possible. He says, uh, sick country, Bongo says. Uh, those are a few of your comments. He's, he's, his opponents can share the, uh, if they have any. Um, yeah, so those are a few of your views on the link we shared earlier. I'm sure this debate will continue. Yeah, it will continue, but if they're going to do more, they have to be very careful, because it could haunt them. It could, it could hurt them, not. Mm. it could actually hurt them in the long run. Okay, and the rest of you are evening. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.